Welcome to Wine and Real Estate, the podcast where we drink wine, we have fun, and we learn about real estate investing. Real estate investing is so much more than just buying buildings. It's about building relationships, building your dreams, building your dream lifestyle, customizing your life. What do you want to do? What do you want to achieve? It's much more than money. It's more than getting rich. It's a different type of wealth. It's the wealth of time, the wealth of freedom. And now let's get to the wine and the real estate. Hello, everyone. So tonight, at the time of this recording, this is still water and real estate, not wine and real estate. We're at day what, Jennifer, for 75 hard? Oh, I can't remember. Um... We're in the 60s plus, yes. so 11 wow. more days, I think. And then we're done. I did lose one notch on my belt, so I'm able to heighten it. I still <laughs> should lose another 20 pounds or so. But anyway, this is what that's just it's how progress. far we got. It is incremental progress. And tonight we have an awesome guest, Andrew Murdoch from YT Era. And Andrew shared his bio. And I was shocked. So this will be the shocking element. So he reached a low point in 2018 and discovered a transformative power of youtube content so andrew i guess you're a byproduct of youtube <laughs> which i find <laughs> amazing and um yeah so andrew founded yt era a full service youtube marketing solution for businesses and entrepreneurs after reaching that low point and immersing himself in the youtube world and now he works with successful businesses at amplifying their biggest um solutions and spreading the word about their business. So welcome, Andrew, and we're super excited to have you on. Yeah, thanks, Francois and Jennifer. I'm happy to be here. I am a total YouTube geek, and anytime <laughs> I have the opportunity to talk YouTube, you you just can't shut me up. Even though I'm a huge introvert, I just can't shut up about YouTube. So Perfect. That's awesome. And it's such an on-point question right now because Francois and I were kind of looking at our social media and our YouTube chain is and we don't have a lot of followers on YouTube. So I was like telling our son who is a geek, but maybe not a YouTube geek, become a YouTube expert. <laughs> In 15 minutes. I'm like, go downstairs and become a YouTube expert. <laughs> if not, we're kicking you out of the house. But didn't so, didn't work. He's still here and yes, eating our food. Yeah, no. So I think that, that was the first question that I want to ask. And, and I'm glad that you actually put it in your list of question is why is it such a valuable platform? Like, like, why would YouTube be important for a real estate investor to use? Yeah, great question. So let's dive right in. I mean, uh, the, a lot of YouTube experts and and marketers out there are quick to talk about the obvious, uh, meaning that, you know, YouTube is the second largest search engine. It's owned by Google, the number one search engine. In fact, certain metrics actually show YouTube as being the number one search engine on the yeah. planet that not too many people talk about. And uh, and there's just a crazy amount. Uh, what's Marketing 101 say? Fish where the fish are. And the fish, they're on YouTube. It's uh, It turns <laughs> out that uh, it's a lot more frictional and difficult to compel or convince someone to go from point A to point B if they're not normally going to that point B. Whereas if you have, uh, if you're building a personal brand, a professional brand on a platform that is already uh, the go-to resource for people globally, well, then your chances of success, your chances of attracting the ideal person that you're attempting to attract, whether that is clients, uh, joint venture partners, uh, you name it, everyone's on YouTube. And uh, so there is an unfair advantage 
um, in that way. Uh, YouTube sort of gets lumped into the social media term often. However, it's an extremely different platform. And the easiest way I can quickly summarize that for you is that all the other social media platforms, they're feed-based, right? You pick up yeah. your mobile device, you scroll, you'll never reach the end. The algorithm will always give you something, right? And of course you could do that on YouTube, you could. However, it's uh, the users use the platform a whole lot differently. It's um, when you wanna search for content, you go to Google, but when you wanna learn about content, you and everybody else goes to YouTube. Mm -hmm. So it, uh, do you want your videos popping up when your ideal person, your ideal client, your ideal customer is searching for content or do you want your competitors uh, content to pop up. And some people are like, oh, I don't have competitors for what do I do? I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you do. Somewhere. Every, everyone is a part of the attention economy. I don't care if uh, this other entity or this other YouTube channel, maybe you deem them not as direct competition. But if someone clicks on their thumbnail and doesn't click on your thumbnail, well, then they are your competition. <laughs> yeah, so that's all you need to think about it. But uh, yeah, that's a, a little spiel that I have. Uh, like uh, that I like to point out to people. It's it's a powerful platform for so many reasons that I'm sure we're going to dive into later on in the conversation. Yeah, and this just gave me some great inspiration. So we have some vacation rental homes. And right now I have a nice Facebook page, uh, an Instagram account, but I don't have a YouTube channel for our homes. That could actually be fun. But yeah. we will have to produce content. <laughs> so I guess we'll have to have more vacations and enjoy them. But that <laughs> I haven't seen too much of is vacation. Well, you see vacation homes, but really featuring it and building a profile and a channel for a house. And the adventures of our rental property. I don't know how property. pertinent it is, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We might give it a try. Who knows? So you, What you could consider doing is making it a real estate slash travel type uh, YouTube yeah. channel. The, the beautiful thing about YouTube is it's uh, people use YouTube at, for escapism, right? Because okay. maybe maybe they're stuck in whatever Snow. circumstance, in a snowy environment. <laughs> and uh, most people these days have these big, beautiful, smart TVs on their walls. And sometimes they just want to put something on to virtually transport themselves to some tropical destination or some beautiful, uh, beautiful, huge 10 bedroom house that they want to explore uh, when, when they're living in a tiny, uh, like I, I, in my, most of my adult life, I lived in Vancouver and everybody in Vancouver lives in these tiny little closets that they call apartments. Right. And, and, <laughs> and it's nice to practice escapism. It's uh, YouTube is more of an experience that uh, you're trying to create for the viewer at the end of the day. Yeah. I love it. That's a great, great tip. So mm -hmm. we'll get onto that. And Ted bedroom house sounds like you saw our place in Florida, but anyway, <laughs> There you go. Can't yeah. hide anymore. YouTube reveal the secrets. <laughs> I, well, I love YouTube. I use it all the time for work. Like sometimes, you know, even just like installing a dishwasher, you're like, oh man, these instructions aren't clear. I'm going to YouTube it. Or uh, I'm doing a boring task at work. I'm going to listen to a podcast on YouTube. Um, or yeah. sometimes I'm looking for recipe ideas at night. I'm going to look on YouTube and watch the video because then it looks more appetizing. You're watching the person do it. You're like, oh, this looks really good. So yeah. I guess how do how like if you're a real estate investor, like how do you get started? Like what what are kind of like I guess you could do lots of things, but what would kind of be your your main points or your main ideas of doing a YouTube chain yeah. for a real yeah. estate investor? Blank really yeah. I know nothing. How do I start? <laughs> really great question. So if I were to ask you 
who is the number one real estate investor, professional business person on the planet today? You would say? Grant Cardone. I thought you were going to say that. Yeah. Grant, Card <laughs> Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone, right? So uh, another popular YouTuber slash real estate investor is Graham Stephan. Uh, there's certainly, oh, yeah. a, yeah, there's certainly a handful of experts. And if you are a real estate investor, seriously con considering the YouTube platform to grow your brand, expand your reach, your influence, then I got a homework assignment for you. Go start watching some Grant Cardone videos. Go start watching some uh, Graham Stephan videos and learn uh, what's working for them. Not so that you could copy them because anyone who tries to copy the greats or are, are, you're just going to end up uh, embarrassing yourself. You don't have the but, budget. I don't have the plane and the jet. And <laughs> they didn't. They didn't. They didn't uh, accept me on Undercover Billionaire. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. It, uh, but just consuming their content. Hell, you could go to their YouTube channels and scroll to the very beginning to see what videos they were making in the very beginning, in. and you could literally watch their their progress, their their journey as becoming better and better uh, content creators. And let's not kid ourselves. These people are very, very wealthy and they have teams doing a lot of the heavy lifting for us. If you're a solopreneur and you're a smaller operation, then you're probably the cameraman, the editor, the thumbnail designer, you're everything. And there's yeah. nothing, there's nothing wrong with that too, because everyone starts at that place. And I would argue that you're actually better, better off by wearing all the different hats in the beginning when you are ready to start a brand new uh, YouTube channel, because when you are ready to outsource that stuff, you're going to want to be able to speak the lingo. You're going to want to be able to identify, like, how are you going to hire a video editor or hire a graphic designer to do your thumbnails if you don't even know what good video editing looks like or if you don't know what a good thumbnail looks like? So pay attention. So before you're even ready to buy any equipment, before you're even ready to hit the record button, I always, uh, I well, I always recommend, and I do this on behalf of my clients as well, I always say, go do some homework to check the comparables, do a comparable analysis, do a competitive analysis. Check out what other uh, successful examples are of people are, that are they're doing on YouTube, and then uh, be creative. Think about how you can put your own spin on things. Think about how you would have made that video better because of your personality, your unique set of circumstances, because you overcame a certain amount, uh, a certain difficult challenge or obstacle that other real estate investor uh, investors are going to want to learn from. Like, there's going just you being you is going to give you the unfair advantage. Jennifer, you just highlighted something that I got to back up to a little bit because it ties into what we're talking about right now. I love that you said that you use YouTube for various different things, whether it's like you're installing a brand new dishwasher or you're looking for a really great recipe. A lot of people will say, oh, you know, I, I'm just going to, you know, look for an article or on Google or I'm going to listen to an audio podcast. And there's nothing wrong with those uh, mediums, but the, the, this is indisputable. It's fact that Video content is the number one form of content being consumed today, and there's no hint of that changing anytime soon. Maybe five or ten years from now, VR and AR will will take over. We'll see. Yeah. But, but that's but again that, video in a that's just form. exactly that's just a graduation from video content. So those people who are learning how to be really wonderful video content creators or learning how to develop your skills on how to speak on camera those skills will translate to VR and AR when that becomes the new norm or that becomes the new uh, dominant force. Now, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but any anyone out there that is still writing blogs, good luck to you. That's yeah. that's uh, that's a very 2017 approach. Sorry to be, you know, sounding a little harsh here <laughs> and uh, but like it, like when you just look at 
uh, the data, when you when you understand how human communication, uh, I've had the pleasure of interviewing a couple of human behavior scientists in my time. And, uh, and what I've learned over the years is that the, mat the vast majority of human communication is nonverbal. Uh, yeah. you, guys, you guys are hosting a podcast right now, and it's a video podcast that you can add to YouTube, but you have the capability and the ability to pull out the audio for the audio-only podcast. You can take out sound, sound bites and create uh, image quotes for Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or what have you. It's really, really easy to repurpose one video and make dozens of repurposed micro contents, that snackable content, right? But mm -hmm. how are you gonna grab a blog and turn that into a video? That's gonna be expensive, yeah. difficult, it's, it's damn near insane. And then you're also missing out on the fact that the human uh, race, we evolved at, uh, as a species to use certain nonverbal cues to communicate with one another, vocal tonality, speed, uh, uh, cadence, volume, facial expressions, body language, like I can go on and on and on, and if you don't have a YouTube channel, then you're missing out on all of that stuff. You're missing out on the uh, the opportunity to influence someone who may have been your perfect client or may have been your perfect joint venture partner. Yeah, because that's so so important to kind of mesh and connect with your partners. So we've we we do a lot of joint ventures. That's how we finance most of our projects. We only have so much money and <laughs> so much time, so we leverage other people and help them grow. And it's important to have that good um, relationship with the people and you, you want to get to know them. Some partners, well, we ended up meeting them all in person, but mm -hmm. some people we started investing before ever meeting them in person. <laughs> so it was all done online mm -hmm. and because of the pandemic and videos and things, but it really helped to kind of get some background insights and to see if you like those people. So I agree. That's really cool that I forgot about that. Actually, it's just so kind of commonplace. YouTube, you watch videos, but you kind of relate to people and you do business with people you know, like and trust. So that's a good way of building that trust factor. And For investors, you need to build that, that reputation and people know my sense of humor now and all the crazy <laughs> stuff I say. And they're getting used to it. And that's it. I mean, it's it's part of who we are. and wine and real estate happened because of that. Jennifer, maybe you can tell the story in March, 2020, what happened? Well, we were investing in real estate and we couldn't meet anybody. <laughs> so we're like, um, okay, we're going to do a video. It was called wine and investments. And we, we had, we struggled to do a minute on video and then it was three minutes then five minutes. Then I'm like, we need to have guests because we're kind of boring after a while. I don't know what to say. And we start becoming redundant. And then it grew. And now we feel like we're at the next step. Like now we need to push the envelope. We need an expert like yourself. And that's why I, I really wanted to, to have you on. And I never thought you'd say yes. So I'm also quite we're honored that you came on, taking a time out of your schedule and meeting us in person in Costa Rica in a few days i can't wait so this is great and so we start we spoke about how to get started and uh, have your own voice are there some pro tips like things you see that make you cringe or or things you think people miss that or, are easy or metrics that they should pay attention to uh... yeah yeah really great question the um so as far as what thing, what, uh, as far as certain things that people miss, that really makes me kind of cringe and makes me go, ah, oh, geez, you you um, you really could use a little bit of coaching or a little bit of guidance. 
Um, there's really only two things that really matter the most on YouTube platform. Um, uh, well, and I can actually break it into three steps. So that's what I'll do. I'll talk to, uh, two things, but it's in three steps. Step number one is you got to get a viewer. And the only way to get a viewer is, is broken into three different things. It's topic title, excuse me, topic title and thumbnail. You need to have an interesting topic. You need to have a compelling topic. Uh, I don't care if you have the world's best thumbnail and title, if it's a boring topic or if it's a topic that nobody cares about, no one's going to click on that thumbnail. Mm -hmm. And, and the first thing that grabs someone's attention is the thumbnail because, and like I said before, like you're, you're competing for that attention. You're competing for the click because your thumbnail is immediately surrounded by other thumbnails. So the thumbnail is what grabs your attention right away. And then in a, a micro moment, the user decides to read the title and then a micro moment that they'll decide if that title is relevant to them or not, because the number one asset on the planet, as far as I'm concerned, is your time and attention. Nothing is more valuable than your time and attention. Yeah. After, yeah, after you've decided that the title is relevant to you and the thumbnail is causing some curiosity and compelling you to learn more, then the very next thing is people will glance at the bottom right corner, the time code. So right I now, this. <laughs> yeah, they want to know, like, I'm not wasting my 14 minutes and 17 seconds. I'm not wait. Like, is this, is this really <laughs> worth it? And if, and if, I, and all of this happens, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. and all of this happens in a micro moment, all of this, and mm -hmm. people are watching this video right now or are laughing going, yeah, I actually saw the time on this interview with this guy, Andrew Murdoch. I and I just like, wasn't sure. I wasn't sure I wanted to click on this one. Yeah. So, <laughs> So then they click, right? Okay, congratulations, YouTuber, YouTube content creator. You passed step one. You were able to grab that, that viewer. And so when it comes to those things that bothers me, it's when someone doesn't really put a lot of effort into the thumbnail. They don't put a lot of effort into the, the title. You're, what's the point of making the video? In fact, I, yeah. I'm even familiar with certain YouTubers that will make, they'll put more time and effort into the thumbnail than they do into making the entire video. It sounds crazy. Uh -huh. I believe it. But it happens because if you can't get the clip, the click, what's the point of, of making the video, right? So that's step one. Step two. Step two is compelling that viewer to watch the entire thing. How yeah, do we get that viewer long. from second one to 14 minutes and 17 seconds at the very end of the video? How do we get how do we get there, right? And the the one of the most easily the most important thing is the hook, that first 10, 20, 30 seconds. It has to deliver on the promise that the thumbnail and the title delivered. The thumbnail okay. and the title are, are they're, they're called the power twins, right? And if that first 10 or 20 or 30 seconds doesn't reinforce that promise and doesn't deliver a, an immediate payoff so that the viewer goes, yep, I'm in the right place. I clicked the right video. I'm glad I clicked. I'm going to stay. If, if that first 10, 20, 30 seconds isn't, isn't reinforcing that, then they're gone. They're bouncing. They see because, the other thumbnails on the side there and then just, bye, I'm gone. Maybe in the suggested I, column. Yeah. That. <laughs> and 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 this we're all guilty of doing this because nothing is more valuable than our time and attention because maybe they had a great thumbnail, but maybe it was clickbait. Maybe they had something yeah. on the thumbnail that didn't actually represent what was in the video. So that's why we have to fight click uh, clickbait as much as possible too. You want it to be click worthy, but not clickbaity. And yeah. so after you, and after you get them past the hook, now you just want to hold that attention and whether it's editing or pacing or uh, storytelling or there's all kinds of strategies to inc increase your your average view duration is called 
And then when you get to the very end of the video, this is step number three. And if I had to say there's one mistake that everyone messes up, or I should say 99% of YouTube channels messes up, it's this third step. Most YouTubers or YouTube channels understand, okay, I get it, Andrew. Thumbnail title is important. The hook is important. I got to have some editing in there. or I got to have some content in there to compel the viewer to watch the whole thing. But almost everyone that I that makes me cringe will screw up step number three. Step number three <laughs> is how do we compel that viewer to be a loyal viewer? How do we convince that first time right. viewer to be a repeat? <laughs> or was that? I missed that. Subscribe to your Subscribe. channel. <laughs> you you thought I was going to say that, but I'm not going to say that. Oh, no. good, because okay, that good. one I actually unsubscribe when I hear it. Now I'm a rebel. <laughs> they go like this, <laughs> and I'm like delete, moving on. That's hilarious. Yeah, because well, the problem that most YouTubers are making right now is that they're asking you to do too many things. It's uh, it's like decision overload or decision fatigue. There's a few different terms that describe. Hey, smash that like button and hit the subscribe uh, button, or smash the like button, hit the subscribe button, comment below, share the video with your friends. If you ask the viewer to do 11 things, they're not going to do any of them. No. So what, what we want that viewer to do, and you always want to optimize for the first-time viewer, what you want to do is convert that first-time viewer into a repeat and loyal viewer by saying something super easy at the end to say, hey, if you're still watching this video, which I know you are, because otherwise you wouldn't have heard me just say this, <laughs> then I think you're going to like this video right here. And, and then... True. And then you make sure that a video pops up in your clickable elements. You can do this on the YouTube studio so that you have another relevant video that pops up, but you want to be intentional. Okay. So I just made a video on ABC. What would a viewer want to watch after watching video ABC? Ah, I have this other video XYZ on my channel. That's the video. So the strongest, best call to action that you guys could have at the end of your video is knowing ahead of time which video you want to promote at the mm. end. So then it's not a generic call to action. Hey, watch this next. I'll see you over here. Yeah. You want to say, you're, you liked this video because of ABC. Well, now you're going to want to see XYZ because it's going to explain blah, blah, blah. It's going to help you solve da, 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 da. It's going to give them a specific reason to click because otherwise they're less likely to click and nothing's more valuable than someone's time and attention. And as an example, this video, so a while ago, you, I don't know if you remember the lady from Chicago, Jennifer, that we interviewed, she was a LinkedIn expert. So let's say you're into the social media and we can say, hey, learn how to use LinkedIn to, uh, to raise your profile as a real estate investor. So this is a case study, it's live. Everybody <laughs> on podcast, if you're driving, don't look at the screen, please just focus <laughs> on the road. You can rewind. If you're old like us, there is that go back and replay button. And uh, yeah, and, and we'll make sure to include a thumbnail. But good, good thinking. And Jennifer, we got our answer there. We need to learn YouTube Studio. I did see it. I've looked at it very briefly, but unfortunately, I never paid attention because at work, I have employees that do that for me. We have a VA and you get lazy and then, oh, yeah, it's good enough. But now we're not satisfied. We want more. So, And I'm yeah. a bit of a Luddite myself. But I have seen. <laughs> That's why we have a son that, are, that is studying a program. Yeah, we're going to leverage him. <laughs> but I have seen some really good videos that do exactly as you say. I hate it when they tell you to click on the button uh, and subscribe. And they do. They ask you the million things. And I'm like, I can't remember. Next. Yeah, delete. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, that seems like it's kind of an emerging trend that's been happening more lately on YouTube. Are there other ones that we should be looking for? Things that we should be thinking?
thinking of incorporating in our video so that we're not uh, getting uh, the, the attention span <laughs> of 30 seconds and then whoop. <laughs> Well, the, the framework I just shared with you is gold for any long format content. Uh, and I think I'm answering your question when I say this, but please correct me if you wanted me to go a different direction. Uh, YouTube loves multi-format content creators. So you're live streaming this right now to your YouTube channel, correct? Uh, we will be. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> so, live. <laughs> gotcha. So, um, so uh, and the only reason why I bring this up is because, yeah, YouTube does love multi-format content creators. So what kind of content can you add to a YouTube channel? There's a regular upload. There's live streams. There's premieres. I love premieres. Yeah, Premi we do. Yeah. yeah, you've used premieres. Okay, so you know what a premiere is. A premiere is essentially like a, an upload and a live stream had a baby and they called it premiere. That's a premiere. <laughs> That's that's how I think of it anyways. And then now we have shorts. Shorts yes. uh, have been around for almost two years now, but they were really, it was a messy deployment, shall we say? Yeah, YouTube it's finally getting traction now. Now we you, see a lot of shorts. Mm -hmm. you, YouTube is, YouTube had some problems, let's say. And uh, I, I, even though I work on multiple channels and I have multiple clients, we didn't add a single short to any of our clients channels until this past november because wow. uh, it, it 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 was cannibalizing the views from the longs and which means it was harming uh, a lot of content oh, yeah. creators out there and i didn't <laughs> want to take that chance with my clients channels so but now now those issues have been addressed and they recently became monetized as well there's a lot of drama about that too because a lot of creators Ooh. are like really this is because they're i think the creators were expecting a little bit more <clears throat> monetization from their short format content there's also the community tab which a lot of people just kind of use as like a almost like a social media feed where you can add mm. images and and uh really i i don't use the community tabs for much uh, however they are fantastic for doing polls if you guys want to poll your oh. audience and figure out what kind of topics your audience wants you to cover on your podcast you can pull your audience once a week, once a month, and then uh, get a good sense of what you should be creating more of. So I don't know if I answered your question, Jennifer, but that that is a really wonderful strategy to improve your chances of success and growing the channel in the way that you would like and achieve the outcomes and the results that you're after. It's by creating additional formats of content. That's yeah, amazing. Wow. <laughs> We're learning so much. So I think at this point, we kind of need, need to shift gears completely and learn about Andrew <laughs> the man behind YouTube, my Tierra. Um, and um, how um, I was shocked. So you pay no taxes. And this is income tax season here. Can you tell us more? This is the yes, this really, is a real estate uh, investor's dream. We want to save money. <laughs> like I want to keep those billions that come in or probably hundreds. But anyway. So, <laughs> so the, the, the disclosure that I think you and everybody else knows coming is I am not an accountant. I am not a yes. lawyer. I am. <laughs> I don't don't take advice from some guy on YouTube about taxes. That's that's my disclosure. I can tell you what I've done, but yeah. I'm not telling you to do a damn thing. OK, <laughs> so <laughs> let's just let's just get that out of the way. Um, We're fairly but, warned. Um, yeah, I. <laughs> I, I, I've been a digital nomad since 2018 and uh, at, at the time of this recording, it's, it's March, 2023. So I'm, I'm uh, no, no, um, no stranger to living a location independent lifestyle. And I really uh, got really sick of paying Canadian income taxes when I was never there. Um, yeah. and when, when you, when, when you like start adding up the, the, the figures for multi years, it's like, Oh geez, what am I doing? And you just know that there's a better way. So mm -hmm. I did some research and I took an online course from an expert 
and realize that there are very real legal ways for you to reduce your tax burden and uh, live, a, uh, live the lifestyle that a digital nomad or an expat or a location independent professional is seeking. And there's probably, an, a, a, I'm, I'm guessing, a good number of real estate investors that like the idea of living location independently. Um, oh, yeah. So, mm -hmm. and then and obviously, more. and yeah, and if you can reduce your tax burden to 0%, then that's, that's a fantastic opportunity. So I took this uh, online course and uh, it was fantastic. Uh, uh, I, I can share the link with you guys if you want. And, uh, yes. and uh, she did, a, the content creator did a wonderful job breaking down the questions, both personal life questions and business questions so that you can narrow down the number of countries you should consider. And that's how I ended up relocating to Costa Rica. I gave up my Canadian residency in August of 2021 and uh, you obviously have to wait till the year ends and then you file your final tax return with the CRA, with your accountant for the CRA. There is something called deemed disposition. Uh, this oh yeah, is, big tax. This, yeah, this is, this is <laughs> applicable for Canadians. So any non-Canadians listening to this, please keep in mind, I'm a Canadian talking about yeah. Canadian situations. Uh, so this, uh, yeah, so there's going to be differences uh, with the Americans. Uh, so there is a deemed disposition, and when you leave the country, the, uh, the government will uh, assume that you sold all of your assets on that day, and then you will have to pay the uh, tax as if you were sold them, even though you didn't. Yeah. And so, so if you are deciding to give up your Canadian residency, then this is something that you would probably want to plan out years in advance to make sure you're structured appropriately, knowing that deemed disposition is coming, because you can't escape that. So... <laughs> So then, um, then I gave up my Canadian residency. Now, uh, for the Canadian listeners, this is how it works. At least at present, there are rumblings out there and rumors that Canada is going to shift things. But as of right now, Canada taxes people on residency. The yeah. U.S. taxes people on citizenship, which is why there are, there's a lot of Americans out there that say, screw this, I'm giving up my passport. They just they decide to no longer be a U.S. citizen because they, they've already decided that, you know what, I want to live in Italy the rest of my life. I want to live in Portugal the rest of my life or what have you. And why do I want to pay Uncle Sam every year when I'm never there? And I had that same bitter feeling. So uh, why did I choose Costa Rica? Uh, multiple reasons, time zone, lifestyle, quality of life, great food, great people, great weather. Like everything was just ch checking off the boxes. And, uh, and the time, because all my clients are Canadian or American, I, I did, I did want to stay in, in a similar time zone just for convenience sake. And then, uh, more importantly, uh, Costa Rica is a, what's called a territorial tax country. Canada yes. is not a territorial no. ter territory tax country. Canada will tax you on global income. Costa Rica will only tax you on local income. I don't have any Costa Rican clients. I don't have any income in this country. All of my clients pay my entity, which is a registered entity in the U.S., and then I can pay myself a salary. Uh, and so in the eyes of Costa Rica, all of my income comes from the U.S., and they can't tax U.S. income. So I was able to reduce my personal income taxes to 0%, and my professional income uh, tax obli obligation is also 0%. Because my entity in the U.S. is defined as what's called a pass-through entity. Um, mm -hmm. Another disclosure here: I talked to I want to say five different accountants. To five get that. Because when I first heard about all of this, I was like, "Wait a second, this doesn't sound like this sounds a little sketchy." <laughs> doesn't sound legit. I was like, <laughs> like, like the old saying that your mom told you: "Like if it's too good to be true, probably is." 
So I talked to, I want to say I talked to five accounts that didn't know each, it was four or five accounts that didn't know each other. And each one of them gave me the exact same advice. And I was like, okay, so this is clearly not BS. This is real. And so do I, I still have to submit a tax return with the IRS through the help of my accountant. Obviously I still, I pay the experts to do all this crap. I'm not, I don't trust myself to figure this stuff out. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, but my, my tax burden in the, in the U S uh, for my, uh, my business is also 0%, uh, but there's a laundry list of questions that the experts will ask you. And when they asked me all the questions and I gave them the answers, they said, okay, Andrew, you fit this criteria. You should go yeah. do ABC. I'm not giving advice to anyone. <laughs> Yeah. No, and it's complicated. We're looking at that, but we have kids. So let's say our kids stayed in Canada, then it's very hard to cut the ties because now you have family ties. And if you have properties and bank accounts and the, the list is long. So if you're a yeah. real estate investor from Canada, it's going to take a while. If you want to get to Andrew's you position, might, you, you might are right. Yeah. Zero. Yeah, you might get to 10, which would be huge compared to 40 or 53 or <laughs> I mean, that's a big difference. There, there is there is a list that the CRA has available online that I, I, I looked at once a long time ago. It's not ma a mandatory form that you have to fill in and submit to the CRA, but it gives you an idea, a sense of all the different things that the CRA looks at to determine if you uh, are have enough ties to Canada or not. So it, it's interesting that you bring that up because when I learned that, I was like, wait a second. Just because someone decides that they're no longer a Canadian resident and leaves Canada, the CRA actually has the ability to disagree with you. Yeah, yeah, they can. Your center <laughs> yep. of life, I think it's called. And yeah, yeah they, and they if you totally if say, you have nope. if you have too many of those things on that document, then they're going to say, yeah, we don't care what you say. You're still a Canadian resident in our eyes. And I don't have very many. I have a driver's license that's going to expire. I have bank accounts. I won't give those up. Those if there's no point in giving those up. That's it. And my mom lives in Canada. But that's it. Yeah. That's, uh, so so uh, the CRA actually sent me a letter. It's it's a really funny document. It's a one page document with one sentence on it. We <laughs> we acknowledge that, or I think it's the exact wording is uh, we understand or we acknowledge that you've left the country or something. Like that. Uh, did really? you frame wow. it? <laughs> I'm like, okay, thanks, CRA. So I, I think that was them saying we agree you're no longer a resident. <laughs> It's probably one of our neighbors who sent you that. We live in Ottawa, so the center of the CRA world. And maybe, yeah, maybe Mark next door sent that to you. But anyway, we'll ask him. <laughs> yeah. So one thing I kind of like to um, finish the, the conversation with, uh, Andrew, is um, if a real estate agent, uh, real estate agent, sorry, real estate investor, sorry, been a long day <laughs> is looking for advice or is looking to hire you what kind of services could you do you offer to yeah. real estate investors or us if we want to hire you like <laughs> pretend we're your clients well i'm, I I'm know, potential do you, help, do you help people like start off a youtube chain or you're like no i i don't take care of that or uh, so it, it depends. I have a few different offers of uh, that because I wanted to make sure that I had something available, no matter what your circumstances are. I'm by the way, I'm super easy to get a hold of on LinkedIn. I like LinkedIn better so than some of the other platforms out there. I just find it has less trolls. Yeah, <laughs> less noise and yeah, Let, it's kind less of BS. Let's like the the amount of crap on social media with people like Blazer six eight seven, and they they have uh. a picture of a cat and and it's like. <laughs> oh, like what's going on here anyways at least linkedin has linkedin is like the adult in the room uh so so i tend to uh respond to those messages more frequently or check those messages more readily anyways and then my website is obviously ytera.com 
Uh, we have uh, a couple different offers. So for people who have more time than budget, I have an online course. It's just a one-time fee. At present, it's $497 and you get the course. Uh, it's a complete A to Z online program. This is start the, on, uh, start the YouTube channel, scale the YouTube channel. Uh, I, I literally cover everything and I'm still adding more to it. It's a bit wow. of a beast. I'm gonna warn you, it's a bit of a beast. It's a big, big program. Uh, I cover all kinds of things that, uh, from what I've, I've learned from, uh, there I, I'm first, let's be clear. I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. I am very lucky to be in Daryl Eves's inner circle. I've learned from many YouTube experts over the years, Sean Cannell, Roberto Blake, uh, so many amazing, amazing content creators and YouTube experts that I've uh, been able to, to, um, uh, uh, build on and learn from, but something that I thought was shocking is out of all the programs that I've taken out there, I haven't come across any YouTube expert offer any training around cybersecurity. How do you keep your channel safe yeah. from being hacked? Um, very recently, Sean Cannell and Pat Flynn, both of their YouTube channels were hacked within a 48 hour period or 24 oh. period, something like that. Um, some very, very scary things ha can happen when someone takes control of your YouTube channel that I don't have time to get into, but yeah. I have a whole module on how to keep your channel safe. You can't reduce the risk to zero, but you can make it difficult on the hacker so that they give up and they get bored and they're like, screw this, this person actually knows what they're doing. I'm gonna move on and find a better uh, victim, a be an easier victim to to take the, uh, over their channel, right? So so I have all kinds of content in that social, in that online course that people will find valuable. Um, but then one level up from there, if someone says, listen, Andrew, I've been doing YouTube for a while. I'm actually, I just need like an expert to take a look. Like I just wanna book a consult or I just want some maybe one-on-one -on -one coaching. Uh, then we can, we can, uh, that that's more of the done with you model and be more than happy to schedule some time and take a look at your channel and, and offer you some insights and say, Hey, listen, these are the metrics you want to take, pay close attention to. You can ignore the others. You want to take a look at this, take a look at that, you know, and, and if you want, let's talk again in six months or something and we, and we can see what, what transpired. Right. And then finally, there is a done for you services. Not a lot of YouTube experts actually on offer done for you services. I'm very proud to say that I do because I, uh, well, I was a YouTube consultant for a long time before I, I uh, launched the company and I got a little bitter. I got a little, uh, I, I, know, <laughs> I, I, I know certain problems because people would hire me and then I would offer their team coaching, guidance, mentorship. And unfortunately, not all, not, this didn't happen every time, clearly, but it happened enough that it bothered me that the, you know, the client wasn't getting the results or the outcomes that they were, they were hoping for. And that, that reflects poorly on me. But then yeah. I I was in the difficult position of saying, well, I'm sorry, Mr. Client, but you know they your video your your video <laughs> your video editor didn't even show up to work two or three days last week. Like I didn't I thought they like quit or something, and your wow. your thumbnail designer isn't doing what I tell them to do, and blah. Like it's I it, it became very awkward because I was giving instructions, providing directions to people that I didn't pay. They weren't accountable to me. Yeah. Mm. So I finally came to the decision saying, you know what? No more. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm launching a company, I'm hiring a, a, a team of professionals, I mentor them, I train them, I coach them, I guide them, and now they're responsible and accountable to me, and I pay them, and I know I, I trust them far more than I trust any of my clients. <laughs> people. So, so the done for you services is more of a, a high ticket offer. That yeah. really is reserved for people who have a much bigger operation. They typically are doing at least a million dollars a year in revenue. They've, they're probably doing Facebook ads and email marketing and all. They probably have a sales funnel. Uh, that's definitely a requirement. I won't think, 
I won't work with someone unless they they meet certain requirements because otherwise I'm going to send you all of these amazing qualified leads and you're not going to even have the staff to handle them or manage yeah, them. Yeah, that's it. You got to be ready. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. So it's that's my high ticket offer and it's really only applicable uh, for certain people that meet those requirements. So. Well, those are still really great offers and I think that it's a good yeah. starting point. I haven't heard of any online courses for YouTube. Not men, um, no. Especially with oh, the, like you said, the oh, there's a security. There's a lot. There's a lot. The uh, I believe the most expensive one right now will run you six thousand dollars, and uh, and yeah, mm. you're, you'll you'll find some really awesome free mini courses out there on YouTube as well. Yeah. Yeah, there's quite a bit, and it varies, and the thumbnails vary a lot as well, and, <laughs> and the clickbait title. I did click on a few, and I'm like, yeah, I didn't get anything out of this, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So, wow, it's been a pleasure. Another way to get a hold of Andrew, and this is going to be a short-lived opportunity, but is to join us live in Costa Rica on March 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. Mm -hmm. You're going to be able to ask Andrew questions in person, which is a rare opportunity. I never thought I'm it would happen. I'm sitting with Andrew. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He's going to dump me anyway. <laughs> So it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Andrew. And we'll have to catch up in the future and learn more about your next your next adventure when you actually buy a residence in Costa Rica and what's next for you. I can't wait to find out more and, and to see you in person in, in beautiful Playas del Coco. Yeah, thanks so, so much for having me. And I'm looking forward to connecting with both of you and everybody else. I'm sure you guys have brought together an amazing group of people. And, uh, and actually, uh, when, we, when we do my talk down there, I'll probably just point them to this episode so that they can get a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. Yes, awesome. exactly. Thanks a lot. Take care. Hey there, listeners. We hope you enjoyed this latest episode of the Wine and Real Estate Podcast. Yes, absolutely. You can find us on Instagram. Our handle is wine underscore and underscore real estate. So wine and real estate on Facebook, FL Homes Corp. And you can also find us on our YouTube channel. Yes. And please make sure to give us a rating, five stars mm -hmm. or any comments. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we love suggestions as well. Cheers. Yeah. Chin chin. Mm -hmm.